Hi, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Library. I'm Melody. And I'm Rachel. And we're librarians at the Oak Creek Public Library, and on this podcast, we love to talk about what we've been reading and sometimes watching or Mm -hmm. listening to um, and give recommendations. So this month, we are going to be talking about disaster. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. Which I believe I've done the dun, dun, dun for every episode (laughs) of this podcast. Now, I expect you to do it every every time. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Catch me out, listeners. (laughs) So um, we're just going to give a really super brief summary of the disaster genre, which I think is normally pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, so disaster usually covers things like nat- natural disasters or accidents or like big calamities that happen. Um, and you can have a- anything from a flood to a shipwreck to a zombie apocalypse, which is pretty popular mm-hmm. these Walking days. dead, anybody? Right. Um, and most of... These stories are all about the aftermath of the disaster and survival. Right. How can you make it? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you get some disaster stories that are more historical or political. So, for example, Titanic. Mm-hmm. One of definitely the most well-known that that actually happened. Right. Very historical. Yes. Um, the, I don't know if anyone has seen The Impossible. It's a movie that came out in 2012. It's based on the Indian Ocean tsunami that took place in 2004. It's mm-hmm. a movie with Ewan McGregor. So, so it's amazing that I haven't seen it then. <laughs> right. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. heavy material. Sure. Um, I think I watched it on an airplane, which was not a good idea. Uh-huh. Must have been terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so do thousand feet plus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then another example I had is The Day After Tomorrow. Right. That one I have seen. Yes. And that I would say that's a little bit more political because mm-hmm. that is kind of, that's about climate, climate change, which is a political yeah. topic these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to get started and talk about um, a book that I read actually a few years ago. I went back and did a brief summary just to <laughs> refresh my memory. We know how the, well that went last week, last month. <laughs> You'll do fine. <laughs> yeah. So it's called One Second After by William R. Forston. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. Okay. So um, it's a, a story about an EMP strike, which is EMP stands for electromagnetic pulse. Electromagnetic pulse. I've seen TV, guys. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So usually an EMP is a burst of energy and it will damage pretty much every electronic equipment that it it touches. Mm -hmm. Which is terrifying considering how much we rely on technology today. Right. And you can plan an EMP strike, not you. Don't do this. (laughs) One can plan an EMP. Disclaimer. (laughs) Right. One can plan one of these attacks. Um, You can set off an EMP pulse um, in the atmosphere over... um, So in this book, it happens in several strategic locations over the U.S. Mm -hmm. And it, like, essentially knocks out all electricity, anything that runs on... um, electronic equipment so cars um any up-to-date even like your laptop even if it had battery wouldn't work Mm -hmm. so all everything is gone um and the story is about our main character whose name is john matherson um he's a retired u.s army colonel so he has some experience um and he's a college professor now and he has two daughters that he has to save their teenage girls. Um, one's a teenager, one's a little bit younger, mm. um, and protect during this um, calamity. It's a really interesting story. Um, I I recommend this for sure. Um, it's really fascinating what this town does in mm-hmm. the story. They the mayor is like he's doesn't not really skilled in <laughs> surviving without technology. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But other members of the community really step up, like John Matherson, who know what they're doing. And um, so within EMP, there is a a vehicle that was made like way back before electronic stuff happened in vehicles. (laughs) (laughs) I get you. Uh I think everyone else does too. Yeah. Um, And so that works. So he has one of those and he's... um, He's a, a gun guy, so he's got lots of guns. Is he kind of like a doomsday prepper kind of he's person? He's not a prepper, okay. but he's he's very practical and um, no nonsense, and he's not afraid to protect his family if he needs to. Right. Yeah. yeah, so this town, they've sort of established a new authority role. The mayor's still there, but he's... Figurehead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they create this board in the community town, and they have to make these really scary decisions like this is how much food we have these are how many cows we have Mm -hmm. we can't feed everyone what should we do oh dear yeah so they make some very strategic decisions about who will help us continue to survive longer Mm -hmm. so we should feed these people oh my gosh more pretty dark Uh uh-huh and who should we you know give a little bit less food to Gradually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> that actually reminds me, we talked a little bit about The Walking Dead earlier mm-hmm. when we did the intro. Uh, they did a Telltale game series, which is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure, but it's based in The Walking Dead world. Okay. Um, and Ooh. I remember watching some of some walkthroughs on YouTube for it because I'm too much of a scaredy cat to play zombie games myself. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> um but in that, you have to like decide who are you going to give this food to, the little kid or the old man or these other people in your group, who are you going to protect? And it's like, yeah. I would never want to face that sort of decision. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the story, the other fascinating thing, which is also scary, is to see the, the stages in which people die. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously anyone who's on any kind of life support equipment or they need electricity to survive, they're going to go pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, And then anyone who's on medication, they have like a life-threatening disease that they need medication. Mm -hmm. Obviously it can't be produced anymore. And that's going to be loads of people, you know? Yeah. Uh, So the, our main character, he has, I think an eight-year-old who has diabetes. Um, So you better believe (laughs) his first step when he realizes that, that it happens Mm -hmm. is he just gets as much insulin as he can, however he can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then I think the next wave of people, they die die of disease and injury Mm -hmm. because antibiotics are not their limited resource mm-hmm. um i like how you call it waves of people because that's really what it's gonna yeah. be it's mm-hmm. gonna be one thing after the other yes unending right um and then another one is which is this scene is so sad is the elderly mm-hmm. there's a scene in a nursing home where the electricity is gone and you know these staff members have families mm-hmm. so most of them go home to their families it's really devastating yeah if you have a you know, if you don't do well with gore and blood and gross yeah. things, maybe don't read this book. <laughs> um, but it is very realistic. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the next one would be starvation. Um, sure. Just yeah. because they have limited food. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about this story is um, they are located in the Midwest, which we here at this library are in the Midwest. Yes. And we have a higher chance of surviving. 
Yay. We have water with mm-hmm. the Great Lakes and we have a lot more crops and farms with animals. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that was really interesting that happens in this story is there's a kind of a gang that emerges. Mm-hmm. Um, who are cannibals. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like traveling from um, town to town and just living people yeah taking advantage of no more government control horrendous yeah um and that's like the big scene in this book is they fight off the cannibals (sighs) yeah it's scary but it's a really good read Mm -hmm. i listened to the audiobook um while driving (laughs) which is a really bad idea because I would think, well, what would happen if my car, if this happened now, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, an hour from yeah. my home. Well, I mean, you see like zombie films, that's my go-to with this sort of thing to reference. And they're always the highways with the abandoned cars. Yeah. Because once you're stuck, you're stuck and you have to get out and walk. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty realistic. I yeah. Think. And I think one of the keys is to act immediately mm-hmm. if it happens. Yeah. Because the longer you wait, the more dangerous it Take becomes. advantage of everyone else's panic. Right, yeah. <laughs> Move now. It, yes. <laughs> so um, there are actually, this is the first in a series. So okay. there are two other books. Um, the second one is called One Year After, and then the last one is called The Final Day. Oh, wow. Yes. So it's <laughs> a bit of a downward spiral. Yeah. yeah. And I, I haven't read the other two. I've mm-hmm. only read the first one. Would you read the other two? Um, I would. I actually went back and tried to re-listen to this audiobook, and <laughs> I would not recommend the audiobook, Oh, to be honest. I would recommend just actually reading the, okay. the, the book itself. And it's, why is that? It feels a little slow. Okay. Yeah. Kind of, it can be boring. Sure. So having listened to that, my interest has kind of down, gone a little bit downhill, but... Um, it's a really fascinating concept, um, and it it scared me into thinking about, like, well, what would my yeah. plan be? If We've would... all had those thoughts. Yeah. I mean, especially the world the way it is. I think everyone throughout the centuries has had that thought, right? <laughs> like, what so, would I do? <laughs> yes. Um, I also had some similar recommendations, I guess. Hit us with them. Um, so, Bird Box. I have heard of that. Which is a movie mm-hmm. on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen it? I No, I've been waiting to read the book. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Oh, I forgot that it was based on a book. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen the movie. It's it's a pretty scary concept. But again, yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of unique in the genre. Yeah. So if anyone hasn't heard of Bird Box, it's about um, this kind of, I don't even know where it comes from, but there's a monster mm-hmm. that if you see it, you are compelled to kill yourself. Right. Which... It's kind of like uh, a quiet place where it has to do with your senses yeah. being limited. That was next on my list. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the like the key in Bird Box is to not look at it. Yeah. So how do you survive without seeing? Right. Um, and then similarly, A Quiet Place mm-hmm. is um, a movie about these monsters that um, hunt by um, sound. Mm-hmm. So if you're silent, they can't find you. Right. Again, which that was an excellent movie. Yes. Very, very yeah. good. Highly recommend it. Unlike another similar movie called The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> uh, which it's similar in that something is going on where it's compelling people to kill themselves okay. like in Bird Box. Okay. But uh, like I said, M. Night Shyamalan, take that for what you want. Okay. I haven't seen that. So maybe it came I... out ages ago. Okay. Maybe I don't need to add it to <laughs> no, my list. No, probably not. Okay. 
But each to their own. Um, so one second after, if you're interested, it's available through the library system, the Milwaukee County system. It's available on Overdrive and the audio, which I don't actually recommend, is available on Hoopla if you want right. to. If risk. push comes to shove and you're desperate to read it. Yeah. You can listen to the audio on Hoopla. Absolutely. So what have you been reading? Well, it's funny because you said, hey, you want to do disaster podcasts? And I'm like, yeah, I have kind of a love-hate with um, the dystopian genre in general. Okay. Um, dystopian fantasy or sci-fi can be really fun to read, but for things that hit closer to reality, like post-apocalyptic fiction, fiction or disaster, um, where bad things can happen on an ecological or viral scale, it can get really dark. And look... Yeah. I can do dark, okay? <laughs> I watch True Detective, but I also need some hope for tomorrow wedged yeah. in there to make it right. palatable. Right. You know, I can't just have dark, dark, dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> otherwise it's just scary and depressing, and I already have enough to keep me up at night yeah. as it is. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but that said, I do think that fiction in particular is powerful because it can drive you away from reality and it can allow you to feel those darker emotions. Even though it's not really happening, you can kind of reassure yourself with the fact that this is just fiction and we can explore those emotions. Right. Yeah. And immerse ourselves in the story without sacrificing yeah. anything. Yeah. It's a safe place yeah. to get lost, so to speak, because mm-hmm. you can remove yourself from it. Yeah. You so know, it's not real. Escapism comes in different forms. And yeah, you can do it for different reasons. Right. So yeah, it, it definitely has merit. Uh, that said, I read. Well, actually, I reread one of my personal favorites for this. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to plunge myself into Good more call. darkness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I reread Station Eleven by Emily Sinjin Mandel. The book hit shelves in 2014 and was crazy popular. Okay, have you read it? I haven't. Okay. I know nothing about this. It made a bunch of best read lists okay. um, when it first came out, and it won a bunch of awards, too, and really prestigious ones. Okay. Um, I picked it up a year or two after it came out, and I read it cover to cover in about a day, because surprise, surprise, it really is riveting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember how big it was? Like a um, 350 kind of a page? I think closer to four hundred, wow. maybe five hundred. Wow! But yeah, it's it does it reads quickly. It very much propels you okay. into yeah. the world. Yeah, um, you ha- you need to know what yeah, happens. Absolutely, the yeah. characters. It's post-pandemic apocalypse fiction. Um, civilizations freshly collapsed following a flu virus. Okay, um, that kills almost everybody in the world, so far as we know. Um, the focus is on an actor named Arthur Leander and a select handful of other survivors, including his first wife, his son, his best friend, a doctor, and a young woman named Kirsten, who was just a child when the epidemic took place. Okay. Um, she was pretty badly scarred in the first year following the flu. Okay. Um, but she's since joined a troop of thespians called the Traveling Symphony, and they perform plays under the motto, Survival is Insufficient. So they go around living life, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, in a world that's been utterly devastated. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's key to the story, really, the idea that for humans to be human, they have to do more than survive. Mm-hmm. They have to actually live life and pursue beauty and art no matter the circumstance, which is something I can definitely get behind. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Right. Which yeah. I don't know if 
you know, an apocalypse were actually to happen, if that would actually hold up. Right. Because so much of your life would be focused on survival. Yeah. Well, the, so the next book I'm going to talk about, um, there's a point at which you know a certain character is going to survive, mm-hmm. and then the character finally has space in their brain to think about, right? oh, I, I am going to survive. Now I can think about other things. And it's such a big shift in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because there's really, an after, you know. There you is. You don't tend to think about it when everything goes down the gutter. Yeah, because all your everything in your mind, all yeah. your energy is going to survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So the story alternates between when the flu goes global to 20 years down the line when the traveling symphony comes to this town called St. Deborah by the Water. Okay. And they find out that it's been taken over by a cult with a leader oh. who calls himself the prophet, which is not a good sign. That's a lot of red flags. Yeah, it's not new, yeah. though. Um, <laughs> you know you're surviving when there's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Silver line. Um, <laughs> And things definitely go downhill from there with child brides and missing people. And yeah, so it does get kind of dark. Um, But there's also another settlement of people living in an airport terminal. So when the flu happens, they kind of get grounded there and they never really move on. They just kind of make like their own little colony there. Um, And the way that's presented from when the flu first hits to two decades decades later is fascinating. It's probably my favorite part. Hmm. Um, there's someone in the terminal who puts together a museum of civilization made up of like old appliances that no longer work, which I think is a cool idea to like kind of make a museum of modern humanity. Right. That is no longer, yeah. now that we've backtracked right. several yeah. decades. <laughs> yeah. Just think, of, and this young girl is a toaster. People used to burn their toast with it. Burn their toast. <laughs> it's about right. That's the only thing I've ever been able to do with one. Uh, and... The author herself, Emily Sinjin Mandel, is exceptional. Um, the way she creates the world in her story is probably best described as subtle. Okay. It's realistic for sure, and it's really the small ways in which things change following the disaster that makes everything so believable. Okay. Um, after I finished reading, I wanted to know what happened, not just to the characters in the book, but everyone else in the world who survived, yeah. because she did such a good job of creating this like microcosm with her characters. You're like, what's happening with everyone else in the world? Are they as human as these people? Are they less human? What's going on? Right. Um, And that says a lot, I think, because most people probably don't want to linger in a place with so much death and loss, even if that place only exists in your mind or Mm -hmm. between the pages of a book, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And Mandel doses the story with hope, but it's not overbearing or saccharine in any way. Okay. Yeah. That's really a fascinating concept. Do you know um, what causes the flu and why the people who survive make it? Um, Yes, but I don't want to spoil it because it's kind of a big part of the plot. Okay, so is it kind of like an ongoing mystery throughout the story? Yes, definitely. And like I said, the story focuses on Arthur Leander, but he's, by the time 20 years later, he's dead. Oh. So the focus of the story is on him, but remember we're going back and forth between the two time periods. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. For a read-alike, I would say try The Grace Keepers by Christy Logan. It's fantasy fiction set in a similar yet alternative world to our own, um, and it's beset by rising sea levels. So it's not really a pandemic kind of thing, but again, we got that global disaster going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a haunting, dark, magical quality. Okay. That story. Um, and I highly recommend it. Print editions are... 
available for both Station Eleven and the Grace Keepers at Oak Creek Public Library, and both an ebook and audio book on Libby. Okay. Nice. So I've got to love those databases. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, my question is... Yes. So did you feel like you needed a vaccine afterward? Yeah. Okay. You no, know, but it's... The thing of it is it's not a normal flu that kills everyone. Okay. There's something else going on. Okay. That's yeah. very intriguing. You've left me wanting more, which is... You've done your job well. So um, the next book I want to talk about is called Dry by Neil Schusterman and Jared Schusterman. Okay. I'm I've assuming... They're related yeah. somehow. Um, so I know I knew about this because I had read um, a young adult novel called, um, what is it called? Scythe? I think that's... Sure, the one with the really cool book cover? Yes. Yeah. So I've read Scythe by Neil Schusterman before, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic book, which I will talk about some other day. Not today. Sounds good. Um, but I heard about this book that came out by the same author, and I was very intrigued. So um, the premise is that um, all of the running tap water in uh, California is almost out, and it finally goes out, and they are without water, Mm -hmm. and it's terrifying. It's very scary. Yeah. Does Um, the rest of the world have access? Yes, but everything that takes place in the story takes place there, so you don't really see the other parts of the U.S. or other parts of the world. Okay dealing with it it's it's very central to california interesting yeah um and they are not really given much aid when it happens that's why i asked yeah i figure okay well i mean i guess we saw what happened in flint <laughs> michigan irl the I don't water know. crisis i did uh, what's what happened in flint you don't know about flint michigan no okay well there's a water crisis going on oh, and it has been really? for years yeah really and it's weird because you'd think, you know, a town in the U.S. that's suffering, the government or other states would try to help. Yeah. But that that is probably what makes it so terrifying, the fact that it might not come, the right. help that you need so desperately. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what I walked away with, having read both of these stories, is the idea that I probably should be prepared not to have help. Mm-hmm. You know, because if it comes down to me alone... <laughs> You know, the chances of me surviving are kind of low. <laughs> so maybe I should I do something about that. About that. <laughs> um, so anyway, in this story, um, they they don't have water anymore. And um, there's the story focuses on this group of teens. This is a young adult book. So okay. when I first started it, I was a little frustrated by the YA feel of the writing. <laughs> Felt like it was a little bit um, less advanced than I wanted it to be. Especially for the subject matter. Right. And some of the teens were infuriatingly <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> um, so there's this one character who, she's, I don't know, 17, 16, and she's a sweet girl. She wants to help people. But in an apocalypse, you cannot be kind-hearted. <laughs> no, you really like, can't. Yeah. So, um... The story focuses on her and her neighbor, and her neighbor family happens to be preppers, so they have... Oh, lucky. Yeah, a big wall around their house, (laughs) and a generator, and they have food and water, and they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, And the boy happens to like this girl who lives next door, so he gives her some water. 
and the town is out of water. Mm-hmm. And she goes to a town meeting and gives them a backpack with water bottles, which is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't be compassionate yeah. in a survival situation. Especially at a town meeting, because those always go horrible. Yeah. And she she just leaves the backpack in the water with them, because it's already, things are getting crazy. Yeah. And her neighbor's name is on the backpack. Oh and now gosh. they know where it came from. <sighs> Yeah, so it was, it was just so frustrating. I was so angry with her, but thankfully there is some character development. Good. She finally learns to just look out for herself. And not leave incriminating backpack evidence <laughs> right? all over the place. <laughs> yeah, things go really bad. Um, so I also had some like physical reactions to reading this book. Oh. If you're reading dry, you really want to have a glass of water next to you. <laughs> Makes you really value water. Um I know, again, like I said, I was very frustrated. This, I got through a little bit faster than I normally do, again, mm-hmm. because I wanted to know what happened. Right. Another thing that I noticed was um, different groups of people have different responses to crisis, which mm-hmm. pretty much happens in every disaster novel, but it's really fascinating to see how this group of people work together and their group of teenagers, and they're, they try to take power based on whatever they can. So someone grabs the car keys and they have one car mm-hmm. and they're not going to give them up because now I have the power to be the one driving. So that's really interesting. Um, and then they come across this kind of community, like you were saying, that airport community yeah. that's living on the highway. Oh, okay. With abandoned cars everywhere. Sure. Um, and this, this older woman they call the water angel. <laughs> She's air quoting for you guys who can't see. Yeah, sorry. I forgot this is audio. Um, so the water angel, quote unquote, um, has found a way to find water in cars. And these kids are like, what? what? How is that possible? Um, turns out some of, not all of the cars, but some of the cars, some of these more lazy drivers are not filling their windshield wiper fluid thing with windshield wiper fluid. They're putting water in it. So this community is living on the highway and going out and looking for water. And then this this woman is deciding who gets it based on how healthy they are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And they're like a happy community. They get along together. It's really interesting. You know, both of the books you've talked about, um, One Second After and Dry, are actually reminding me of a podcast I just started. It's a fiction podcast called Blackout. Okay. By... I don't know who wrote it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but okay. um, it stars Rami Malik. Malik? Oh, he's from um, Bohemian Rhapsody and Mr. Robot. Yes. And I was going to say not at the museum. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm sure he loves being known for that movie. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> oh, Rami. Um, but it's very much the same in that it focuses on one community. And we're not sure if it's an EMP that happens, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, or something else, but the power grid goes down. Yeah. And it keeps staying down. Um, and it's episodic, and they're in the middle of it right now. So you can catch up and okay. get to yeah. I will have middle to, of season one. It's I'll really good. Look into it. Yeah. That sounds Very fun. well written. It's mm-hmm. full cast voice acting. So Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Blackout with Rami Malik. Or Malik. I don't yeah. know how to yeah. pronounce your last name, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a great actor, though. Yes. You won an award. It's great. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, I, after reading this, I made a, I made a list of pro tips because obviously I'm now experienced in surviving. <laughs> we didn't enjoy that for that. Melody survival. Pro tips. Thumbs up. 
Um, find water in cars. <laughs> sure. Um, there's also, there's a part where one of the characters, um, her friend is almost dead. He can't move. Mm -hmm. And there's, she found a little bit of water, but it's like yards away and she has nothing to carry the water. Oh my in. gosh. You can carry water in your mouth. <gasps> That's a good point. Yes. It was a really cool moment. Yeah. Kind of weird, but you know. <laughs> Survival. Yeah. The other, um, my other pro tip is not to flaunt your resources because mm -hmm. the prepper family keeps their generator on and all their lights on when the, all of the power is out around oh. the neighborhood. They just did not handle it well. That's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it was a, it was a really good story. I would recommend it. It kept me reading and wanting more. It's great. Yes. Makes me want to kind of do a little prepping. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that is the thing with this genre in general. It is. It really is. Um, so the the book that I had rent mentioned, Scythe, by the mm -hmm. same author, Neil Schusterman, I would I would suggest that as a reader like if you liked the feel of this story. Um the it's an actual series itself. So the series is called Arc of Scythe. Um very fascinating story, which the the basic premise is that Technology has solved the problem of death. Hmm. But now there's a problem of overpopulation. Of course. So these people are chosen to control the population oh. by killing certain people. Now so, I own a copy of this book, but I haven't read it yet. But now I really, really want it's to. It's <laughs> very good. Yes. It's really, really good. I've read the first two books. I mm -hmm. think the third one is, isn't out yet. Sure. Um, but it's good. Um, the other book I would recommend is called Landscape with Invisible Hand by M.T. Anderson. These are all in the young adult kind of vein. Mm -hmm. um, and this one is about um, a group of aliens that have taken over the world. And this teenager and his girlfriend figured out how to make money by uh, recording a reality show about their relationship that the aliens enjoy watching. <laughs> Interesting. That's yes. unique. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I haven't read that one, but it's been on my to-read list mm -hmm. for a while. So that's another read-alike as well. Um, so if you're interested in reading Dry, it's available through the Milwaukee County system. You can request it. And it's also on Overdrive as an audio or an ebook. Mm -hmm. Usually, unless we say otherwise, these things are pretty much available yeah. on the databases. Right. We, um, we try to mention them. Just so you know well, yeah. where to find them. And again, we're flaunting them because they're great. <laughs> they're really nice. Yeah. So, you want to finish up with the last book? Yeah. For my second book, I also reread this one. It's Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. Um, she's an amazing author. I'm sure you've heard of her. She has yes. written The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. She's very prolific. Um, this Orcs and Crake was actually assigned reading during my high school days. Okay. I was uh, the type of student who always did her homework. <laughs> um, Rachel, I'm so there with you. Uh -huh. I'm sorry to Probably everyone listening. putting in too much effort. Um, I read every novel in English Lit from grade school onwards, which I'm not breaking, guys. I know it makes me sound like a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were definitely some titles that were worse, much much, much worse than others, but I can confidently say that Orcs and Crake was in a class of its own. See what I did there? <laughs> it's bad when I have to do my own snare drum. Yeah, I should have done that. I'm sorry. I it's wasn't okay. prepared. It's okay. Um, much like Mando in Station Eleven, Atwood splits the story into two different timelines. 
Uh, once again, the human race has been wiped out, also by a plague. Okay. Um, and we have been replaced by these genetically modified fellas called Quakers, who are able to survive pretty easily, but they're also pretty dumb. Okay. Um, what do you mean replaced? Are they humans? Well, we're dead, so they're so kind it's... of filling our shoes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there is one human left named Snowman, and he watches over the Quakers and tells them false stories about the world as it used to be. Um, and Snowman himself has flashbacks to his life before, to when he was a boy named Jimmy. And we learned that the world was already pretty much in dystopia before the apocalypse happened. Okay. Huh. Um, everything used to be run by corporations and scientists, but they were corrupt and didn't really adhere to morals when it came to genetic engineering. Okay. Um, also, loads of animals were already extinct by the time Jimmy was uh, was born, so okay. we're clearly not in the best of shape. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and Jimmy has things particularly rough. Uh, he only has one childhood friend named Craig. Sound familiar? <laughs> um, he's basically a genius, uh, this fella named Craig, but he's also a jerk who likes to play God. <laughs> okay. Um, and they do some super dubious stuff together okay. throughout. I feel like those two things go hand in hand in mm -hmm. stories a lot, being very smart, but also kind of douchey. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like how this novel explores the idea of the humanities versus the sciences. Um, the debate over whether studies like art, music, writing, and philosophy are worth pursuing crops up again and again in our own world. Hint, mm -hmm. they definitely are worth pursuing. Right. <laughs> um, Atwood tackles this head on. Uh, Jimmy ends up attending a humanities school, which is a place for people who aren't quote-unquote clever enough to deal with numbers. Hmm. Um, and the attendees are frowned upon by others and seen as less than. Um, because of this, at least in part, he grows to be a super depressed guy. I mean, I would too. Yeah. You have all these people surrounding you who think you're dumb. Yeah. Um, but then Craig resurfaces in his life and offers him a job at a super sus place called the Rejuvenee Center, um, which <laughs> he's been working on a project to end human suffering, oh. which again, super dodgy, right? Yeah. I mean, what even defines suffering, first of all? Yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Craig wants a world where people don't feel romantic attachment or sexual desire where they don't practice religion or philosophy or make art. It makes sense from, like, the coldest logical standpoint. Yeah. Um, but the dude's pretty messed up, obviously. Yeah, that mm -hmm. seems like a boring life. For sure. Yeah. Um, I won't spoil the ending because it's a doozy and everyone needs to read this book. <laughs> but, yeah, what I will say is just like in Station Eleven, survival is insufficient, guys. Yeah. Um... For read-alikes, I would say try the other two novels in this trilogy if you end up liking Orcs and Crake. Uh, the second book is called The Year of the Flood, and the third is called Mad Adam. Margaret S. Atwood also wrote another dystopian novel that Melody mentioned earlier, and I'm sure plenty of you have heard about The Handmaid's Tale, uh, which has become a Hulu series, I yeah. believe. Mm -hmm. I which I haven't seen. Yeah, I have to watch it. Yeah, that seems really heavy for me yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. Later. <laughs> yes. Put it on the queue. Right. Uh, all these titles are available at various Milwaukee County libraries as well as digitally through Libby. Mm -hmm. And we at Oak Creek actually have an adult fiction book list from the dystopian genre with plenty of disaster titles on there. Yeah, and we'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes for, for sure. today. Yeah. Yes. So if you like your Disasters Natural or Manufactured, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah, reading these 
really made me, I mean, I'm sure it does to everyone, really made me evaluate my own situation and mm-hmm. wonder, like, would I? Could I survive? What would I do? Would I eat people? No, probably not. <laughs> probably. Would you eat your pet? No, probably not. Really? For sure. <laughs> I'd love my schmuckums. <laughs> if it was you or the animal, to I would live. die with her in my arms. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See, I didn't grow up with pets. So. There we go. Oh, Melody. <laughs> it's sad. Um, you are a monster. <laughs> but so thinking about this led mm-hmm. me to this fun quiz that we both took um, called the Ultimate Zombie Apocal- Apocalypse Survival Quiz. Um, and it tells you what percentage your chance of survival would be. Right. So it had all these really interesting questions, mm-hmm. some logistical questions like, um, can you operate a firearm? Are you skilled in, I don't remember, those things. what would you do in this specific situation mm-hmm. where you have like a piece of bread and you have to feed three people? Yeah, that's a weird question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what kind of medica- medicine would you need for this kind of an injury? Yeah, what would you take if you had a cut? Right. Would you take this medicine? It might kill you. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it was really fun to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping I would get, you know, like 80% because uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted to survive. Again, overachievers <laughs> here. Um, I got a 64. <laughs> yeah. I took it as well, and I got a 68.3. Well, I'm sticking with you then. <laughs> yeah, don't eat your cat. <laughs> that is my advice. <laughs> uh, but what I wish they had done at the end of this quiz was told you what the recommended answers were right. and no. what you should work on. Yeah, they didn't give you anything, just just no. the number. And I think I scored kind of high because uh, my parents own a lot of, like, sledgehammers and oh. things or projects around the house okay that you could also use as use weapon, a, yeah right? mm-hmm. so I lucked out there right well and I also I don't I live in an apartment so mm-hmm. that puts me at a disadvantage oh. too because that's you can't protect yourself in mm-hmm. an apartment really yeah, um, you I, can't have a bunker in an apartment not really which I'm sure other people have been told and they're like watch me try <laughs> Yeah, um, but it was really fun. So I'll put the um, the link to take that quiz too yeah. if you guys want to take it. I, I think it would be fun to check out. Another aspect of all this is, yeah, you would have to survive, but would you want to? Again, right. Because, I mean, if you do, there's chances are you know lots of people who won't survive, and after they're gone, what's the point? You right, know? yeah. Once you kill your dog and eat him... Bringing that up again, can Melody. You, Do we need to talk about this? something? <laughs> I'm just so me? much more practically minded. I say that now, but, mm-hmm. you know, if it happened. Well, I mean, I don't know how to kill an animal to, or dress it to, you know, eat it. Yeah, you have to, yeah, so be a little bit more practical about yeah. it. Anyway, it was, it's a very fun thing to talk about. Um, Obviously. Yeah. I feel like I need to up my skills a little bit more and mm-hmm. knowledge. Likewise, likewise. Maybe plant a garden or something. That's a good start. In my apartment complex. They have those hydro planters. Yeah. So. I think you can rent um, garden mm-hmm. plots. But then it's a matter of getting to the plot once right. the zombies are active. Yeah, that's true. So. I mean, whoever gets there first yeah. is taking everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah, so be sure to look at the show notes for titles and links to the books and resources we talked about today. Next month, we'll be having a special guest, mm-hmm. one of our access services librarians here at Oak Creek Library, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about LGBTQ reads. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. 
which is something I've never ever said before and have always hated on YouTube videos. But yeah. hey, we need the likes to keep going, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can let us know what you think using the hashtag Not Your Mother's Library. Thanks for listening. Happy reading. Bye. Bye. Stay alive.